Star Wars Action News is brought to you in part by Brian's Toys. At Brian'sToys.com, you can find Star Wars toys and collectibles from 1977 to the present. Brian's Toys has it all, from vintage toys and action figures right up to the latest releases. And when checking out, be sure to say you were referred to Brian's Toys by Star Wars Action News. So go check out the world's largest selection of Star Wars toys at Brian'sToys.com. Listening to Star Wars Action News, your source for Star Wars collecting news, reviews, and updates, helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Be sure to check out our website at SWActionNews.com, where you can see photos of the items discussed, chat with other Star Wars Action News listeners, and much more, including information on how you can be part of the show. Welcome to a brand new episode of Star Wars Action News, the first of 2012. I'm Marjorie. I'm Arnie. And we are coming to you from the new Venganza Media Studios. Apologize if we have a little bit of an echo this week. We have kind of not had a chance to fully unpack. But hey, we got out the microphones, we got out the computers, and we've got out some empty boxes that we can start putting new Star Wars stuff in until we get Sithsonian 2 Electric Boogaloo all done and ready. Is that its new official name? Possibly. I like it. Sithsonian 2 Force Lightning Boogaloo? No, I like Electric Boogaloo. Well, let's talk about Christmas. Even though it was about two weeks ago, we moved just before Christmas. Don't ever do that, folks. Don't. Big mistake. Christmas, holidays, and moving all at once. Kind of crazy, but... We did get a little Charlie Brown Christmas tree stood up a couple days before Christmas and have plenty of time to put some gifts underneath it. Of course, we participated in the Sithmas exchange that Jason puts together through our forums every year. And I want to give a big thanks to my secret Santa, Melissa, who really gave some cool gifts as part of the Christmas exchange. She gave me a vintage collection Stormtrooper to help build my Stormtrooper ranks and not a side of yellowing on the Stormtrooper. And then she made, very cool, an origami X-Wing out of wrapping paper and then threw in a magnetic license plate that I've really gotten into the collecting of those. Every time I go to Target, it seems I walk out with three or four of those little license plates. I love those things because I think they're some of the best designed Star Wars items items out there recently because they didn't just use whatever clip art they had lying around. It's like they really put a lot of time into the design of those. I know the Target cashier today was commenting on, oh, what are these little things? They're magnets. They stick together. She's going to go buy some for her son because she thought they were cool. And the fact that they're blind packaged. Did the price point then make her change her mind? No. She's out there neat. Very cool. I want to put a big thanks out to my secret Santa, which was Darth Perry, who is a very cool guy. We met him quite a few times. I got a very cool Star Wars tissue box cover. And it's awesome because I'm making a Star Wars bathroom in our new house. I'm buying some of that Star Wars Super 7 wallpaper. And I'm going to make a really cool Star Wars guest bathroom. And that's going to go perfect in there. And then, of course, Marjorie and I gave some Star Wars gifts to each other. And for Marjorie, 
she really got excited over the Her Universe pin this year that they came out with. They had a Yoda with a Santa hat pin, which was very cool. You couldn't buy the pin, but it was free with any other purchase. Last year, I got you the Imperial logo earrings that you've worn throughout the years and gotten a lot of comments on. So this year, I've decided, well, maybe you've been a bad girl long enough. Maybe it's time to be a good girl. So I got you the Rebel earrings. I'm always going to be a bad girl, though. Although, then you're rebellious. So I suppose I can't you win. did say I was rebellious and disruptive on many occasions. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. I gave you a few Star Wars gifts, too. Last year, I know I shied away from the Star Wars a little bit because sometimes I feel it's hard to buy you a Star Wars gift because you already buy so much. And, you know, it's maybe if I try to find something you can't find. And then I kind of had this big pressure over me because could I really beat the Star Wars Marvel comics that I gave you for your birthday? Which I don't know why I should put so much stress on this, but I really want to make sure you get really cool stuff. So I went and got you first from Think Geek the tea, cocoa, and green tea tins. They're really cool. The cocoa, not so great. I'm actually unimpressed with it. I thought it would be really good. Normally, we have sugar-free cocoa, and we have that as a winter treat here in this Midwestern state that gets blustery or should be blustery this time yeah. of year. It hasn't yet. And when we had real cocoa with sugar in it, I was surprised just how flat it kind of tasted. I prefer, what do we get, Swiss Miss sugar-free usually? Yeah. I, I no prefer sugar that. added, yeah. Mm -hmm. We haven't tried the green tea. I know the coffee is unbelievably awesome. It's dark side roast if you haven't tried it. I highly suggest it. You've already ordered more. It's yeah. It's our I, coffee of choice. It is our coffee of choice. It's really good. And not just because it's Star Wars coffee. It's just a really good coffee. I, I love coffee. Coffee is one of my favorite things in the whole world. And it's good coffee. I think dark side roast and this other local roast I get from Wisconsin are my two favorites. And then I also bought you another Think Geek gift. I bought you the lightsaber candlestick holders. And I was kind of on the fence of them because I'm kind of like, oh, is it hokey? Because some of the stuff I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know if I really want to buy that. But then I got, I thought these would be kind of cool. And, and they those are. are something that I'd been meaning to talk about on the show for a while because I thought they were really cool. I think they're a great little item. They're subtle is what I love about them. You could actually put them in a formal dining room and most people would just think, oh, that's an interesting design. It's not like it's screen. Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And yet, of course, if you know what they are, and they're Darth Vader's hilt, you put a red candle in it, all of a sudden, you got something really nifty there. And can I point out how hard it was to find red candles, red taper candles? It was trickier than you'd think. There's like orange, and there's burnt red, but no bright red. It was very hard. Perhaps on Valentine's Day, we'll find some super good ones. The ones we bought are okay, but I like some really bright red ones. Surprisingly, we went to Target, where everything is red. Their yeah. exclusive clone for Star Wars was red. No red candles. No red candles. None. I also got you because I had gotten you the comics for your birthday. I didn't get the Return of the Jedi four issues. One, because I just majorly screwed up on that part, I guess, on my fault. Uh, you just didn't know. You got no. the numbered issues. How are yeah. you to know that there were Return of the Jedi unnumbered uh, issues? Why would you make unnumbered ones? But that's besides the point. Well, I picked up those for you. I got all four in one bag from Midtown Comics, which, guys, if you're buying comics, Midtown Comics is New York. Not only do they have a super great store in Times Square... But they have a fabulous online selection, great prices, much better than I could find anywhere in this area. That said, I'm going to kind of turn to the listeners because I think these may be reprints. Reprints from that era, but still reprints. This is a retail package that's polybagged, all four comics in one bag. And I've seen where, like, Toys R Us will sometimes get these. They'll also sometimes get overstocks, though. So if somebody knows specifically about a release of the Return of the Jedi comics that Marvel printed, where... 
all four comics come in a single poly bag? Let me know, because I'm curious if these are reprints or original issues. I got you a really cool stocking stuffer. I guess you can take this more than one way. But I got you the Ladies of Star Wars playing cards by Cardamundi. I gotta say, I hadn't picked those up. I actually hadn't seen them anywhere except online and when we see Cardamundi at cons. Yeah. But... I immediately opened it up, and I was really happy to see it. And it's got a good diversity. It's mm-hmm. got Adi Galia. It's got Saboba's twins from episode one. You know, but, more Twi'leks than you can shake a stick at. But we played the game of how many Padmes and how many Leias. I was a little disappointed. I mean, with the main characters, you'd expect there to be a couple. But what was really surprising to me is, like, there's two Slave Leias even. But yet, no Yarna. There's an old Baru and a young Baru, and I get that, two different actresses, but it's funny to me that they didn't include all females. They also didn't include non-humanoid females. Well, that would be why Yarna's not in it. She's non-humanoid. True. No Gardula the Hut. I mean, really, how many girls do you know that have six breasts? None. Exactly. See? And then... In the same stocking stuffer, you got me Star Wars boxers. I did. Target has those Darth Vader-shaped tins, and they only had them one time. And they had two left. I got the one I needed, and I was bummed they didn't have one for me, so... <laughs> those are cute little they are. boxers. I really do like the tin. I know. That's why I bought it. I humor you at Christmas and birthdays. You know that. I also got you the Star Wars Moleskin notebooks, which are really cool because they had the two big ones and they had the little itty-bitty one. And I thought maybe you'd use them, but then I... Re- Talking to you, we realize we don't use paper. Not only don't I use paper, but on many occasions, you make fun of my handwriting. Oh, God, your handwriting's terrible. It has kind of atrophied because everything I do, I type. And in fact, truth be told, I've never had good handwriting. Starting in second grade, my teacher asked me to start turning in assignments typed (laughs) because she couldn't read papers. And so from that point on, I would start going to my teachers when they'd say, you have to have this many pages and say, can I type it? Because I prefer to type. I'm faster at typing. I type about 140 words a minute. I can't handwrite that fast. You told me to use them for when I'm doing notes for now playing, but if I can't write under the best of circumstances, what do you think I can do in a dark movie theater with a pen? So I just can't see anything I would write that is worth putting in a $10 notebook. Okay, well, you can do whatever you want with them. That's a gift. If you don't want to use them, you can just kind of keep them in the collection. They're really pretty. They're very pretty. I haven't even unwrapped the shrink wrap and looked at it, but the outside is gorgeous. Great art. And I got them on Amazon where they were actually a better price if anybody's looking to buy them. Now, perhaps the coolest thing I thought I bought, which, I don't know, you didn't seem to think it was the coolest thing. It's... It's a gift. Okay. I like the intent. I just think the execution isn't all there. If Kotobukiya's trademark is craftsmanship, this person's trademark isn't. Well, it's not expert craftsmanship, but I bought us some new wedding rings. If you guys have seen us lately, we don't resemble what we used to. And I can't wear my wedding ring. haven't been able to for about a year because it is too big and falls off of me. And mine too. It fell off and I just didn't put it back on because I didn't want to lose it. And you did inscribe my original wedding ring with May the Force Be With Us. Mm -hmm. And I found on Etsy some Star Wars wedding rings. I bought the adjustable ones because I didn't know what size ring you were. I didn't know what size ring I was. And it's temporary, but mine says I love you and yours says I know. 
I guess the problem is being an adjustable ring. It pinches a lot. Well, it's like a cuff. It is. The other thing is, it's got some little spurs on the metal, and so it's not very smooth. And the third thing is, it already has a scratch on it. It's just aluminum. Yeah, it's just aluminum. These were the gift. It's the sentiment. It is the sentiment. (laughs) I love the sentiment. And proof is, I'm wearing it. I've worn it every day since you gave it to me. Although it was a little hard to get back in the habit of having a ring on. I know. It's kind of weird, isn't it? So these are good placeholders until we get actual nice wedding rings again. My big fear, though, is I'm walking around with a big I know on my finger, like the Green Lantern or something. Like, I know. Like, people are going to think that this is some declaration of my omniscience or something rather than what it actually is. And in fact, yesterday we went out and you said, did you wear your ring? Because if not, I just look like a fool. (laughs) Well, when we're not together, when I'm wearing this at work, that's kind of my fear. I like the sentiment. I think it's a cool idea. I think maybe when we get new wedding rings, having this inscribed on the inside would be a glorious thing. Other people thought it was a fabulous idea. Everyone I showed these to were like, oh my God, this is so perfect for you guys. You did really good this year, though. I love the comics. I love the Think Geek items because they're stuff that I wouldn't have bought for myself, but I wanted. The same thing with the Moleskin notebooks. I had them in a little shopping basket at Barnes & Noble and decided I didn't want to spend that money on myself. Really? That stopped you? Yeah. Speaking of which, my old Republic Collector's Edition arrived. And I have not had any time to even install it. I've heard great things about this game, though. I cannot wait to get some time to go play it. That came right before Christmas. I was really shocked because I know a lot of these games don't make their release dates. And it actually made the estimated release date. I got it actually earlier than I expected. So I'm looking forward to getting on there. If anyone is playing and... I don't know. There's got to be a way to hook up, form a guild, a clan, a something. All these MMORPGs have that. Come to our forums. Let me know where I should join, what server I should get on, and who I can play with when I get time to play. I did read an article on Kotaku about some of the gaming accessories Razer came out with. We saw these on display at Comic-Con, and I'm like, eh, I don't know how I feel about them. They're kind of pricey. There's a keyboard, a mouse, and a headset. But now I'm thinking I may get the headset because it actually simulates 7.1 surround sound. Hmm, that's interesting. And for a headset, I think that's a really cool set. Now, if you want just the features, the article does mention they're a little overpriced and they are wired. I think for the price, it should be wireless. And if you want the gaming mouse, if you want the old Republic logo on it, you're paying $10 just for that logo. They have the same mouse, $10 cheaper from the same company without the Star Wars branding. But let's get into our store report. It's been a while since we've had one and truthfully we haven't found a whole lot no and we did hit a few targets recently outside of our area and and some walmart yeah it's just been kind of blah well there have been a lot of reports let's go through them first of all the one thing i want to make sure everybody knows about of course we are about five short weeks away from the phantom menace in 3d which i'm getting Almost as excited as I was in 1999 again. I mean, Pod Racers, Darth Maul, Double Ended Lightsabers. I still say that, hands down, The Phantom Menace is the best lightsaber fight of the entire Star Wars saga. I don't know. The Revenge of the Sith end lightsaber fight with Obi-Wan and Anakin, it is just fueled with emotion. And they really brought their A-game as far as the lightsabers and their moves and... 
Ewan McGregor did a fantastic job emoting in that whole scene where Hayden Christensen, not so much. If he was trying to be wooden, he did a fabulous job. But I'm telling you, that lightsaber fight, fantastic when you watch it in Spanish. But it's, you know, it's good. It is the most emotional of the lightsaber fights, even more emotional than Luke Vader in Return of the Jedi. And I, I think part of the reason, now hear me out on this, is because you had three movies of Obi-Wan and Anakin getting close to each other and being like brothers. And then this happens at the end, which you know was coming something like this anyway. But with The Phantom Menace, we didn't get a chance to build that relationship between Gaigon and Obi-Wan. And Darth Maul, yeah, he kicks some serious butt, but you, you lacked that. It was pure mechanical skills, better fight. I think that's where you got it. I think it has the choreography, and I got to credit it 100% to Ray Park, although Ewan McGregor did a great job. I mean, I think he did as good in both of the two movies there. But Ray Park elevates it. And can you imagine Ray Park 3D? Well, you don't have to imagine it about five weeks. Yeah, I think we're going to be able to see it. I have not even had a chance to see the trailer in 3D because we don't see a lot of 3D movies. You get headaches. I do. I'm going to have to really, like, take my migraine medicine before we go see see this but i hear not such great things about the 3d post conversion in the trailer i'm keeping an open mind though but what i'm most anxious for right now some theaters have a promo pin for the 3d release that you can buy at some theaters others are making a charitable donation ours isn't doing it at all i ended up going to ebay if you want to get it on ebay it's about 750 versus three to five dollars in your theater it's 3po and r2 so even though it's for the phantom menace it's 3PO and R2, and from the pictures I'm seeing online, it looks like 3PO's already has his coverings on, so it seems like they just took whatever pin they had lying around and said, hey, this is for the Phantom Menace. I thought there's a Darth Maul pin, or is that the card? The card is Darth Maul. Oh. The pins are 2 and 3PO. That doesn't make any sense. They weren't even friends then. They had not become BFFs. Not BFFs. They were starting to become acquainted. Yeah. Huh. Well, I'm glad you got it on eBay. Yeah, I picked it up. I had a number of people emailing about it and... Peer pressure. Well, these are the types of things that are sometimes harder to get later. Yeah. Also, over at Target... They're really prepping for the Phantom Menace. They have loaded the one spot up with Phantom Menace stuff. They have lenticular and non-lenticular notebooks. They have yo-yos with Anakin. and They have the yo-yos again. Yeah, those yo-yos don't last. They break no. apart really quickly. They also have little play packs that are great for kids for a dollar. There's four crayons and just a little play activity thing. A couple of coloring books. And if you missed out on the Clone Wars, Savage Press, and the A New Hope lenticular puzzles that we reviewed several episodes ago, those are back in the one spot as well. Now, apparently over in the holiday aisle, there's a bunch of Valentine's Day stuff. However, our Target and all the Targets we've been to are undergoing a major renovation, and there's no Valentine's Day merchandise out yet. In fact, it's just Christmas, and then they throw Tide over there for a while. We got... Some Star Wars Christmas ornaments that are hideously ugly for 60% off. Yeah. We got Yoda and Captain Rex. I mean, I've been passing on these. We talk crap about those Target ornaments. They're not Target. They're actually non-branded, not keepsake Hallmark ornaments, but they're really poor quality ornaments. Yeah, I think the dogs could paint better, honestly. Brush strokes, sloppy handiwork. I don't know. But over in the Valentine's Day aisle... I, I think this is mismarketed because I really would not equate this. Obviously, Darth Maul, if you're going to have a heart with Darth Maul on it, it's got to have red hots in it, not milk chocolate caramel filled hearts. What I love is Darth Maul looks startled. He does. I'm selling Valentine's Day? <laughs> 
He's very upset about it. But I just don't think that's the right candy for him, do you? Also, I find it funny that they're putting Darth Maul in a Clone Wars box with Captain Rex. But I guess Darth Maul is coming to the Clone Wars later this season. So we will perhaps have that meeting of Darth Maul and Captain Rex. But yeah, they're stocking up at Target in the Valentine's Day section. So hit that early, hit that often. I expect this week our store will start putting out their Valentine's Day stuff. I hope so. I'll be hitting them regularly. Now... Over at Walmart, right after Christmas, they started a major sale. If you are following us on Facebook or on Twitter, we were posting all the time about this. The gift pack of the five Clone Wars figures was half off. I picked up a second one of those because I just love the Super Battle Droid paint job in there. Plus, Captain Rex could be custom to be a different clone, and I guess I just don't have enough Anakin and Dooku. No. But they also had on sale... All of their basic figures, this being Saga Legends and Clone Wars, all half off. And, man, people just scavenged them. It's like the Jawas came out for the half-off figures. I'm surprised. But within 48 hours, they were just gone. They were just, like, nothing on the pegs. The vintage figures in our area didn't get marked down. Did see a report on Jedi Temple Archives that some stores were marking even their vintage figures half-off. I think that's perhaps the only way they're going to get rid of some of these yellow-head clone troopers and Key and Farlanders and all that. But they even had their ships half-off. I loaded up and picked up another Republic cannon and vulture droid and... I was surprised at the Walmart we frequent, the ships are not moving even at 1250. There's still a huge end cap of them. But other stores, they are just nothing. On the toy run we did this past weekend, we drove up to Chicago and back and hit a bunch of stores on the way. And no vehicles, no figures, some vintage figures left over. That is it. And it's going to be this way until January 30th. Now, Hasbro sent out an email. There'd been some online reports over the holidays that the January 30th street date had been scrapped and people could just put out things whenever. No, Hasbro is saying that January 30th is the street date. All the boxes are marked. Do not put out until January 30th. That doesn't mean some stores aren't. Mm -hmm. There's always some stores that do. And there's always some naive little stock boy that you can sweet talk into getting the toys for you. And if it's not flagged in the system, you can check out with them. Only once have I been chased by store security after I've checked out. And that was way back with the clamshell vintage figures. Wave two, I remember They're on their walkie-talkies trying to figure out where I was. I already bought them. Now's at the door, suckers. Yeah, there were some photos posted on our Facebook wall. Barrett found several out in California. All the new Episode 1 vehicles, which are in the Darth Maul kind of movie heroes packaging, including Anakin and Sebulba's Pod Racer, the AAT, and the Sith Infiltrator. What I find really funny is our local comic book store every so often seems to be pulling a lot of Phantom Menace stuff out of the woodwork. They have Sebulba's Podracer, which is the same thing. This is a repack of the Podracer from 99, but the same Podracer for $18, and it comes with Sebulba, the actual figure, whereas the current ones do not come with the figure included. So here it costs more, but... I don't know. I I like the packaging more. I always thought the episode one packaging was kind of phoned in. It's that yellow orange in the middle. I always equate with that packaging, which is not all that great. Well, they were keeping the same line look they'd had since 95 when they started Power of the Force 2. And I like the consistency, but hey, let's do the same line, but we're going to paint the saber red. Nah. 
I, I kind of like what they're doing here a little bit more, but I'm a sucker for new packaging. I really am. I hate to say it, but some of the vintage packaging that I love so much is starting to not work for me. Like yakface.com got some images from Hasbro of the upcoming vintage package vehicles. And remember, the vintage packaging is going line wide, even for not original trilogy vehicles. And they got Jedi Starfighter ATAP and the V19 Torrent Starfighter all in the vintage packaging. And oof, to me, it looks like a knockoff. I'm, I'm actually, it's just not giving the same emotions that it was with the vintage ad at that I actually paid a lot extra for just to get at Toys R Us and even the B Wing. So I'm just a sucker whenever they bring out a new look and think it looks good. I've never liked the Shadows of the Dark Side Clone Wars Blue Cloud ad, but other than that, I've loved every new packaging line, and the movie Heroes is no different. Also coming out on January 30th is a Gwygon Ultimate FX Saber. So it means it's one of the smaller FX Sabers, so it's probably great for little kids or short people like me. This has been showing up. Jedi Temple Archives reports already finding it. It is a Walmart exclusive, so if you're like me and the stuff you buy, you always buy immediately if it's an exclusive and maybe hold off for a sale for otherwise. I haven't really started collecting the Ultimate FX Sabers. They're just little tiny, but I'll probably get the Qui-Gon mm-hmm. one. In online news over at Brian's Toys, one of the favorite items I have in my collection is the Master Replica's Boba Fett Blaster. Mm, that thing yeah. is huge. It is. It is so finely detailed. It's a great piece. They just got these back in stock for six ninety nine ninety nine. Also, they have the Master Replica's Han Solo Empire Strikes Back Blaster. And coming soon, Sideshow's 501st Clone 1-to-1 Scale Bust. So... For action figures or high-end collectibles, and of course, FX lightsabers, Brian's Toys is your online source, and when checking out at Brian's Toys, please be sure to mention that you were referred to them by Star Wars Action News. Over at FX Collectibles, the Luke Skywalker Reveal Saber is shipping, and that's the one where it opens up and it shows you the neat inner workings of all the cool, if it were really a device, what it would look like inside. Now, this is sold out at fxcollectibles.com, but you can find it online at Brian's Toys, Entertainment Earth. A number of different sites have it in stock. So this is one that seems to be going fast, and I didn't pick it up myself. The TIE Fighter was supposed to ship in October, is now planning on shipping in February. It's a pricey piece, so I've just passed on the Saber, although Luke's Return of the Jedi Saber is one of my favorites. But I have it in two forms so far from Master Replicas, so I... How many forms do you need it in? I'd like to reveal someday, but $1,000 when I have it is cheaper than $500 when I don't. Exactly. Now, episode one is coming out. Really? Again. We, <laughs> I think we talked about this already, but that means we're going to have some promotions. I don't think we're going to have the level of promotions that we had previously. I think it's going to be like special edition type promotions. Remember when we had the cool Taco Bell toys? And yeah. The exploding Death Star spinny thing and yeah. all of that. I like that. Now, one of Lucasfilm's long-term partners since the special editions has been PepsiCo, who owns Taco Bell and everything. Well, we know we have Pepsi cans from episode one. People still have them that they never emptied the soda out of. It's turned into a nice little sludge and in some cases eaten through the cans. Yeah. Well, they're teaming up with Pepsi again, but I don't know. To me, they're not getting the top tier. They're not getting Pepsi. They're not getting Mountain Dew. This time, I guess Star Wars is brisk, baby, because it's going to be selling us some Lipton's tea. 
Okay, yay, I guess. All I know about Lipton's tea is the ad they had that had Rocky claymation and with Mickey in the corner and Rocky's like, Mick, I'm getting all beat up. And then Mickey gives him a brisk Lipton tea and he goes, that's brisk, baby. And then goes and punches out Clubber Lang. Yeah, these are little weird claymation things too with Darth Maul and Yoda. So these Who've are- never met, <laughs> by the way, FYI. They may be due in the Clone Wars era. But they've never met in the Brisk Tea canon. <laughs> the Brisk Tea canon. Yes. I'm it's sure just, that maybe Nathan P. Butler is going to be like his steam coming out of his ears like a Bugs Bunny. own Bun- level of EU. Bugs Bunny. <laughs> also, the best worst tie-in ever is happening over in France. Don't the French always get the best stuff? They get the fries. They get the bread. Now they get a Darth Vader burger. There's also a Jedi burger with it, though. All right. The Jedi burger looks edible. It looks like it's got little blue cheese crumbles on it. I don't speak French. But I cannot imagine if I went to Burger King and I asked for a burger and they served me one on a black bun. It makes it so unappetizing. And Darth Vader wasn't even in episode one as Darth Vader. It just looks gross. Inedible. Yeah. It looks like you would take a bite of it and the bun is so burnt that like ash <laughs> would fall down your face. I think that is the best worst tie-in ever. Yeah, I I don't get it. But I think we are about to have the return of the Phantom Menace. It's going to be 19.99 all over again except no Kentucky Fried Chickens will hopefully go out of business. Yes. It's not going to be as big, but it's just kind of nostalgic. It's hard to believe 13 years have passed. Yeah, it's a long time, isn't it? It's kind of interesting to see, well, if Phantom Menace came out today, because it is, how would they advertise it? Well, they might have advertised it more as it was the return of Star Wars. Yeah, very true. Perhaps that's why there was such an onslaught and juggernaut of advertising in 99. Yeah. Still, I just can't wait. We're going to be in New York for Toy Fair Mm -hmm. when that comes out, so we'll get to see it in a good New York theater. Those theaters are just the same as ours. No. Everything in Manhattan is bad. (laughs) Now, next up... We have Brock with a review of Shadow Games, the book that features the return of Dash Rendar from Shadows of the Empire. This is Brock, Star Wars Action News Book Club Liaison, with a spoiler-free as possible review of Star Wars Shadow Games by Michael Reeves and Maya Catherine Bonniff. Review copy courtesy of Delray Books. Star Wars Shadow Games takes place before the events of A New Hope where down-on-his-luck smuggler Dash Rendar, in desperation, agrees to be the bodyguard of the most famous pop star in the galaxy, Javel Charn. Someone is out to kill Javel and sabotage her career, the likeliest suspect being her ex-fiancé, who is a lieutenant in the Black Sun organization. Dash and co-pilot Eden Vril start to look into the mystery of who is terrorizing Javel's tour. When events start to get quite serious, Javel brings in extra help with Han Solo, a rival of Dash's, to lend a hand. But it is ultimately up to Dash to figure out who is out to get Javel, what Javel is hiding, who is lying and who is telling the truth, and whether or not he can stop the murderer's plot before it's too late. Such is the plot of Star Wars Shadow Games, the latest in the attempts to bring Star Wars to other popular fiction genres. This time, it is the thriller genre. While I'm not familiar with Miss Bonniff's work prior to this, co-author Michael Reeves is no stranger to the Star Wars Expanded Universe. In addition to the terrific Darth Maul Shadow Hunter, 
He is also the co-writer of the MedStar duology and Death Star. He penned the three Coruscant Night books and even episodes of the cartoons Droids and Ewoks back in the 80s. If you read any of those books, you know what to expect from this prose. Once again, Reeves helps craft a book that is easy to digest, and the writing style is not hard to get into when returning to the book to continue reading. Because of the story they are telling and the time period Shadow Games is set in, we are denied a good Star Wars space battle and any Jedi lightsaber action. While Eden is Force-sensitive to a point, he is no Jedi. There really isn't a place for Jedi in this story, yet I still felt their absence. I do like that this story focuses on a celebrity in the Star Wars universe. Of course there is an intergalactic music star in this galaxy. Why wouldn't there be? And this universe is certainly big enough to explore a story that isn't directly connected to the main Star Wars plotline of this time period. Javel's big secret, which I will not give away here, is satisfying, and it fits in perfectly with the characters, the actions she goes through to keep the secret, the story they are telling here, and even into Star Wars itself. Some readers may actually figure it out earlier than the book tells you, and if so, then you may find all the red herrings to be laborious. Why this pop star needs to hire Dash, a smuggler, as a bodyguard, instead of an actual bodyguard, is explained by the end of the book, and really, the hiring of Dash helps you start to question the motivations of all the characters involved and kicks off the book in a strong way. The red herrings, the amateur detective work, the secrets and lies are all plentiful and needed for this plot. Yet, by two-thirds into the book, they all got a little long in the tooth. So when the resolutions started to stack up, I was ready for the book to conclude. My favorite scene in the book comes early, after Dash is hired, when there is a sabotage murder attempt on Javel's space yacht and she goes missing. The investigation by Dash and Eden, as they eliminate likely scenarios and all that, made from some exciting reading and started to get me invested in what was going on. The authors do a good job setting up a menagerie of likely suspects while most of them are characters known for one or two traits, or maybe simply by an occupation, we are given enough about each up front that any of them could be the ones holding the proverbial gun at the end. The mystery and constant suspicion of which of Javel's confidants is actually an agent for the other side is milked for all that it's worth in this book. And that ultimate reveal I found a tad unsatisfying. The identity was almost too easy, almost a cop-out. Overall, I think the authors juggled the amount of characters well, and they did some great work with the main players. As often the case in thrillers, the person figuring out the mystery isn't necessarily a detective. Over the years, the character of Dash Rendar has had mixed respect with the fans, to put it nicely. But I, for one, am happy he is getting a chance to be back in the spotlight. When he was introduced in Shadows of the Empire, complete with action figure, he was pushed by the marketing teams to be a big deal. His ship, the Outrider, was even inserted into the Moss Eisley sequence in the special edition of A New Hope. Yet, fans quickly wrote him off as a second-rate Han Solo, a replacement for Solo who, at that time, was still frozen in carbonite. And in this book, when Han is around, that stigma is perpetuated. Han just has it all going on. And if Han Solo was hired as the bodyguard instead of Dash, perhaps he would have figured it all out sooner or forced Javel's hand faster to get to the meat of it all. So with all of Dash's strengths and flaws as written in this book, I think he makes for a fine protagonist. Like in Death Troopers, the inclusion of Han Solo really helps this novel. We have heard about how Dash and Han were contemporaries, and now we get to see them interact with a constant one-upmanship and bravado that you would expect from competitors who know each other's work. For the little Han that was in this book, I enjoyed their characterization of him. 
The authors also make a point of including religion in this book by including a scene where Javel sneaks off to meet someone at an ecumenical place of worship, a building that has many different types of wings and areas so anyone of any faith in the galaxy can pray the way they want to. And they go into a description of equilibriates, who are believers in cosmic balance, which does sound a little bit like the Force, but for the layman. Rarely is religion approached this way in a Star Wars book, and I found these ideas some of the more interesting ones in this book. Another noteworthy idea the authors came up with was to have Dash Rendar's droid be programmed by a stand-up comedian, his previous owner. And while the idea had a lot of potential, it never really came to fruition. He came off more sarcastic than really funny, but I enjoyed the premise of the idea. For all the promotional push for Shadow Games as the first thriller in the Star Wars universe, I was ultimately not that impressed with that result. While the book is an easy read, and I was curious how it was going to end, the book was never a page-turner it should have been. When I think of book thrillers, I think of pop fiction, beach reading, disposable, surely, yet great for a commute. Shadow Games rarely, if ever, is that level of captivating. This book certainly has thriller components, but I think what hurt it is because it is a Star Wars book, they had to water it down a bit into the PG, PG-13 range. And this book needed more grit to be an effective thriller. And again, a lot of the components were in place to make that happen. Yet, seduction and sex scenes are devices common to pop thrillers. And that aspect was not used here at the level it could have or should have been. With all of the people attracted to Javel Char in this book, with how much we are constantly told people just melt when she looks at them, we don't see her use that advantage overtly. There is one scene where she uses her femininity in flirting to impose her way on an Imperial, but I felt that scene needed to have gone farther. One of the most memorable scenes in the novel of Shadows of the Empire was Prince Shizor's seduction of Princess Leia. While tame by some standards, it felt a little dirty for Star Wars, especially having Princess Leia involved. This book could have used some of that. Likewise, with all the murder attempts and the tense situations, never once did I feel Javel was in any real danger, because we never read how dangerous the players really were. We are constantly reminded of her ties to the Black Sun organization, and how Black Sun and Prince Shizor are not to be trifled with. Yet, where is the scene where we see how truly dangerous they are? In a Darth Bane book, we get that scene. But here, we do not. So an effortless read, sure, but not what I'd call a thriller. Lastly, now, I'm no continuity expert, but I did notice a few things that go against what we already know or think we know about this time period of Star Wars. Han Solo knowing what an Ewok is before the events of Return of the Jedi rang false to me. And this book incorrectly states Watto works out of Moss Eisley. Now, these two points are extremely minor and have no bearing on the plot or the book as a whole, but they popped out at me. I did find a nod to Lando Calrissian to be a good gag. I have no idea how that fits the continuity or not, but it just made me smile. Star Wars Shadow Games reminds me of a good TV movie. It has a lot of the beats of any other typical thriller, some nice character work, some exciting scenes, yet because it is set in the Star Wars universe, it gets watered down for a mass audience. The edges are filed too far down to be an effective thriller, yet the book still manages to work as a harmless Star Wars self-contained read. I didn't hate Shadow Games. I am in the middle on it. You can do a lot worse than this entry into the Star Wars EU. If there is a next time for a Star Wars thriller, I truly hope this is not the last we'll see of Dash Rendar, perhaps will be the star of this new thriller series.
Though I hope they'll go a little edgier, a little darker. For Star Wars Action News and the Star Wars Action News Book Club, this is Brock. Now back to Arnie and Marjorie. Thank you, Brock. And now finally, I wanted to end this week with one topic that has been coming up a lot on the Facebook page. Personally, as I mentioned earlier, all this new stuff is hitting. It's got me excited again. I'm doing toy runs like I haven't in a long time looking for new product. You know, part of it's the thrill of breaking street date, but part of it also is just the new line, movie heroes line, new figures, new vehicles. I haven't found a dang thing. But every time we get a picture put up on our Facebook page, I read the comments, and I'm seeing a lot of negativity in there. And I was kind of shocked. I spent a little bit of time doing some reading. And yeah, I can see some points, but I kind of wanted to talk this through because I want to get your guys' thoughts. Call our voicemail at 415-508-JEDI. It's back working. We had a couple technical difficulties with Skype, but it's back working. And let us know your thoughts for next week's show. But what I'm seeing in the Facebook page is we post a picture and go, new stuff! And people go, damn Hasbro, it's more expensive and it's repacks. Now, it was pointed out in our forums, as well as on several other pages, that Hasbro has raised the manufacturer's retailer's suggested price. So the price, when Hasbro sells it, says, you might want to think about pricing it at. They've bumped all the figures a dollar. So Movie Heroes and Clone Wars are now going to be $8.99 MSRP. Vintage is going to be $9.99 MSRP. Mm. And I know that... Just a year or so ago, we did a poll saying, at what point is a figure too high? And $10 was the point for a lot of people. And after sales tax, we're over $10. I think that probably they went 10 before sales tax, but we're really getting right there. And yeah, it's hard for me, even as a longtime collector, what's a retool versus what's a repack. And there's a lot of repacks coming in the movie Heroes line. I like it less when there's repacks in the vintage line, the extra dollar for a figure on a nicer, bigger card kind of stings a little. But what I'm hearing is lack of new product mixed with when there is a new product, it's the same characters redone that we have a million times mixed with the prices are higher. Well, here's the thing. Here's your heroes and your villains that you're always going to get more of. And it's going to be that Darth Vader's cape is this color black instead of that color black. We're always going to get that. And I'm sure that the people who collect like G.I. Joe or hell, you can look at Iron Man. How many different versions of Iron Man are there? He's got like a suit for every hour. Yeah, admittedly, I've been looking for the zombie G.I. Joe troopers just because they're cool zombie figs. And I've been looking through the G.I. Joe pegs and hey, look, it's Cobra Commander and Snake Eyes. I bet G.I. Joe fans are just as tired of those two as... It's going to happen. I understand it's going to happen. You just kind of have to have that expectation. I think that when you deal with a figure line that's been around since 1995, I mean, we're in the 18th year you can't win. It's either a figure you've already done being redone, or it's Will Row Hood. And if you look at Hasbro, who, I'm just going to say it, they're in the business to make money, guys. They are. Will Row Hood did not sell well or perform well. Yarna, dismal failure, dismal failure. Those kinds of things don't make the money. Hasbro does not exist to serve collectors. Now, they will appease us. They're and, trying to and they're lure trying, us back. They are. 
And the fact is, it's not 8 to 12-year-old kids who are getting on our Facebook page going, hey, why are you repacking us as Saboba? It's the collectors, and the collectors are frustrated because vintage figures have been really hard to find. The increasing cost, I really think it's outside of their control. There are so many economic factors going on with the dollar, the international, the cost of labor in China. I mean, you hear the expression, what's that have to do with the cost of tea in China? Well, everything. It, everything has to do with the cost of tea in China when it comes to manufactured well, goods. Look at the world around us right now. We have many countries in Europe on the brink of bankruptcy. Our state lives on, in the brink of bankruptcy. We have the lowest credit rating of any state. And we bounce checks from our lottery. We are great. We are so broke in this state. It's not even funny. We can't even mow the grass. I wouldn't loan money to our state. It, it, yeah, it, it's like having a deadbeat parent, really, is kind of what it's like living in Illinois. So I get that. That's it. A dollar for the figures doesn't necessarily change my mind. The fact that we're paying almost double what we were at Revenge of the Sith times, it's not great. Where it really hurts me is that... Those mini rigs, the little deluxe figures with the tiny vehicles, are up to $20. Those I was all in on at 12 and I actually became selective at 15 figuring I'm going to see these clearanced out. I did get a bunch of them at TJ Maxx on clearance. 20 Oof. That's a yeah, hard one. Because that's the price of a vehicle. The small vehicles are 20 Not anymore. Yeah, well, they Now are. they're 30 Yeah. In fact, if you go to Toys R Us's webpage right now, the Sith Infiltrator from Episode 1 is available. It says ready to ship if you're willing to pay $33 for that mini-sized vehicle that was a $20 price point just a few years ago. At 18 to $20, I was willing to buy four Obi-Wan's Episode 2 Starfighters with the thought of, hey, I'll paint them. <laughs> Thanks, Hasbro. I didn't need to. Now I just have spares. Yeah. But $30, that's where I think that it really comes down to this. It's like I kind of said last week in our show, I'm focusing on the stuff I love. And I still love the vintage figures, even if I'm not loving Clone Wars vehicles in vintage packaging. Clone Wars figures in vintage packaging, like Episode 2, Episode 3 Clone Wars, I think they're doing a phenomenal job with. But it comes down to voting with your dollars. And last year, I stopped buying the Saga Legends line. They were all repacks on new cards. And with the price hike, I decided to play the long game and wait and buy lots of them. Is this the real long game or Baron's long game? Real long game. Okay. Of just waiting years if I have to, to get some of those repacked figures. And some of those will show up on eBay for a dollar or two piece mm -hmm. yard sales. Those antique stores sometimes have big lots of them. I picked up a bunch at Walmart when they were half off recently. Yeah. Because I could. And if $30 is too much for a vehicle that's a repack, you know, I say vote with your dollar. And that doesn't mean you have to go without. That's, I think, what people think is if I vote with my dollar, that means I'm never buying it. Wait a few years. You know, everything's available through that wonderful thing called eBay. I think what's going to happen now, Arnie, and perhaps I should send a letter of thank you to Hasbro for this recent price hike. And I know you're probably like, oh, this girl's crazy. But it's going to stop you from purchasing things to, as I air quote, custom. Your impulse purchases to custom are going to be over. Hey, it's only four bucks. I'll make three of these. And they're still sitting in a box. We moved it to two different houses now. I love you. Yeah. Yeah, you have no response for that, do you? Thought so. I was just saying. <laughs> I do think that 
when there are great figures, I'll still be like, oh, I'm going to buy one for Mint on Card, one to open, and this figure is so cool, like the Vintage Collection Gamorrean Guard. I'm buying a couple because it's Gamorrean Guard just to have, or if it's something like Bastilla Sean, I'm buying one for my desk at work. I'll have that always desk at work spare excuse. But for me, maybe it's just the Phantom Menace coming that's giving me a wonderful afterglow, but... I'm just so excited, even for the movie Heroes lines, which is, in some ways, just a rebranding of Saga Legends with some new figures. But I think the light-up lightsabers and figures are cool. It's a gimmick, but I love it. I loved it when Applause did it with their little six-inch statues in 99. What I find really amusing, though, is I remember so many times I've been on forums, ours, other people's, and everybody's like, I hear a rumor that Hasbro's going to stop the three and three quarter inch line and make a six inch line. And we're going to have to start all over no. with the basic figures. Nobody's making six inch figures anymore because the cost of those is so exorbitant. Well, and look at all that goes into figures. Not only is a lot of this stuff foreign produced, but now even producing in the foreign countries is getting expensive. They use oil, gas, all that fun stuff raw materials are going up taxes tariffs import tax all of that stuff contributes to it i mean look at the price of gas from when you and i met arnie to now and we've been together a dozen years well one key is if you do find these things before they break street date buy them because that 32.99 sith infiltrator if you happen to find it at walmart early is at least still at the 25 dollar mark hmm. things are probably jump yeah. Around the point of the January 30th street date. The other thing is I started looking at other toy lines and this seems to be the price for toys. It's not that we're paying with the exception of vintage a dollar premium for having a Star Wars toy. We're paying for the Clone Wars toys and the movie Heroes toys. The same that G.I. Joe collectors pay for G.I. Joe toys. Marvel collectors pay for Marvel toys. It's pretty specific there. The one thing again with voting with your dollars where it really hurts me, where I double over in pain is when I think of what Toys R Us is going to charge. Yeah. They're always about $5 more than every place else. I have a friend who's looking for an exclusive toy that's not Star Wars, and he refuses to buy it at Toys R Us when they've got it because it's $5 more. Yeah. That's voting with your dollar, folks. Yeah, and I know that if the MSRP is $10 on vintage figures, they're going to be 13 at Toys R Us. Mm-hmm. And if they're $9, it's going to be a minimum of 10 possibly 11 at Toys R Us. So there are good ways to... Save your money. I know a lot of people who say to me that they don't buy figures online because they don't want to pay extra. They don't want to pay shipping. They don't want to pay just a premium for figures. Well, one thing to keep in mind is if you really look at what you're paying for toy runs, especially for the vintage figures in gas, and if you decide to monetize your own time in time... Because if you look at how much you make and take one hour of what you make in a day and how many hours you spend doing toy runs, well, Brian's Toys, one of every figure club is still just $9.99 per figure. So you're paying a dollar over MSRP for some, you're paying MSRP for others, but you're saving the gas that you just talked about, you're saving the time. Ancillary items that seem to add add into your cart when you're walking through Target or Walmart. Although, I mean, the counter side of that is there's something really fun about a toy run. There is. We had a lot of fun doing one, didn't we? We always do. And because I get one of every figure club from Brian's Toys, and I like two of every figure, I still do a lot of toy runs. And Mm -hmm. honestly, there's a lot of vintage figures I don't have two of because we never saw them. Yeah. Never saw them. But 
that's something else to really seriously consider is ways to strategize your overall budget. If you're saying, well, I have to spend $10 more per month on figures now. Well, if you order them online, maybe you're saving $10 or $15 in gas driving to all those stores. I don't know. I'm just really excited about a glut of new figures. And honestly, in the entire 18 years that Hasbro's been putting out the Star Wars figures, you know what I go back to as seriously one of my favorite lines of all time? Is the original trilogy collection in 2004. Now, if you know the history of that, it was a little bit of a rush job. Hasbro didn't realize, hey, in 2004, we're going to have a huge push for original trilogy before we get to Revenge of the Sith. And so they put out a huge wave of repaints, not new sculpts, repaints, old, old figures repainted. But we got some great repaints, the Jawas, Bosk, the Gamorrean Guard, all of those in the OTC collection had paint upgrades that to me made the figures so much better. That I just, I always go back to those as some of my favorite figures ever, even if they were old sculpts that didn't have all the articulation. And if these upcoming repacks have at least paint applications that are done with more modern technology than they were in 1999, to me that's a significant upgrade enough to completely not only warrant a purchase, but celebrate the figure. I'm not trying to be Pollyanna. At the end of the day, I have to balance my budget like everybody else. But I do think that I'm just seeing a lot of negativity from Star Wars collectors, and I'm not seeing a lot of positivity. So I want you guys to let me know. Call our voicemail, 415-508-JEDI, and tell us the good and the bad. Tell us what you're thinking. Do you agree with me that you're excited about seeing some Episode One figures? I mean, I know there's a lot of excitement about the new characters, Ben Quadraneros, always a bridesmaid, never a bride (laughs) in these fans' choice polls, all the way back to the early fans' choice polls when Hasbro.com had a cool Star Wars site. And they did it on there. And Ben Quadraneros was almost always one of the five options before it was just a b- open ballot type write-in candidacy. And finally getting him, getting some of these episode one characters. Because episode one, thanks to the black eye the marketing cause, has always <laughs> been the black sheep of the yeah. Star Wars saga. I, I almost think Hasbro would be more willing to make holiday special characters than episode one characters. It's like, oh boy, Akmina or Wald? Who do we make, Akmina or Wald? (laughs) So let us know. And that is it for our show for this week. We'll be back next week with more Star Wars. Hopefully I will have found all the new Target Valentine's Day exclusives and maybe even some pre-street date vehicles and figures. Apparently the remodel of our Target's a good six months in, is what they're saying. I'm s- they're still going to put out Valentine's I Day I hope stuff. so, yeah. They're not going to go six months without no, putting out well, Valentine's Day I was just saying stuff. it's going to be a while before it's back to normal. Yeah. We will be back next week with your voicemails and your thoughts on the state of Star Wars collecting, specifically Hasbro. And also, I want to do a forum poll of the week and let us know what your... Let's focus on the positive, as the old song goes. It's a new year. Let's have a bright outlook. Let's accentuate the positive. What Hasbro item are you most excited about right now? Is it the movie Heroes line? Is it some Episode 1 figures in the Vintage line? Let us know in our forums link from our homepage. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. 
You can find even more Star Wars coverage at our sister podcast, Republic Forces Radio Network, where we review each episode of the Clone Wars cartoon series. You can find that show at republicforces.com. If you're into Star Wars novels, check out the Star Wars Action News Book Club, where we read and review all the Star Wars novels. That podcast is at swactionnews.com. We want your feedback and suggestions for Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at swactionnews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at swactionnews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can be on Star Wars Action News by calling our voicemail at 415-508-JEDI or sending an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at swactionnews.com. All materials submitted become the property of Star Wars Action News and are subject to use on our show. You can help support Star Wars Action News by using the affiliate links on our homepage when shopping online. We would also appreciate it if you spread the word about Star Wars Action News by posting about us on Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, or just tell a friend about the show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, and you can also cast a vote for us each month at Podcast Alley. Links to both can be found on our homepage at SWActionNews.com. For more Star Wars collecting, please visit YakFace.com and JediTempleArchives.com, and we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. Star Wars Action Action News is created, produced, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. The Star Wars Action News team is website designed by Jason, associate produced and announcements by Brock, reporters Jerry, Dan, Steve, and Justin, graphic design by Chris, and podcast enhancement by Barrett. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by fans showing their love of Star Wars. Star Wars and all the Star Wars universe contains is trademarked and copyright Lucasfilm Limited. All rights reserved. Until next time, may the pegs be stocked and the force be with you. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. Star Wars Action News is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2012, all rights reserved.